All right, it's time to elevate. We are back. Another episode of Young Realty Academy with Stephen Young here. So this week, I'm giving you a case study. It's one of my own personal case studies because I was going to rent this property. So it's quite near and dear to me. Unfortunately, we lost the property to another renter. But hey, that's life in real estate. It happens. I can't lose sleep over. It was a great opportunity, but it wasn't meant to be. So uh, we're always talking about with uh, my clients, you know, I'll, almost 90 plus percent of my clients want to be homeowners and almost everybody I've ever spoke to wants to be a homeowner. I'm here to tell you that is not what you need to be. You need to be a renter and you need to take what you were going to put into buying that property or spending on living in a property that you own and reinvest and redeploy it into different opportunity costs. And we're going to get through that real quick. I want to make this a fairly short video, so I'll compress it as much as I can. Uh, but for the case study, we're looking to upgrade what we already have. So the home we were looking at is this one here you can see on your screen. It's got quite uh, nice uh, features to it. It's not as modern as what we currently have, but it's twice the size. It's seven bedrooms, six bathrooms, streetcar garage. It was huge. And like we, we, you know, we weren't like in love with it, but as tenants and renters, sometimes it doesn't really matter about whether you love it or not because you're just there temporarily. And for us, this was an increase. It was, it was, uh, we were gonna be moving up in terms of the size and we just want a different location and change up things a little bit. We've been in our current house for almost six years, so we just wanted to, it's time to expand and time to grow. So this is what we're looking at. Now, uh, when it came down to it, I, why I wanna do this case study this week is because this property is both for sale and for rent. Uh, if you see behind the video, you probably can't see. Uh, they're asking $3.8 million on the um, sale side of things and then they're looking for, it was 7,000 but it also admit the lease for 6,000, which is a crazy good deal. We're actually gonna get more than that. Uh, why they didn't take our offer, who knows? You gotta talk to them, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So when it comes down to it, you know, these aren't um, uh, average numbers, but you know, $3.8 million is an expensive home. $7,000 a month rent is probably not your average rent you're seeing around Toronto, but at the end of the day, that's what we wanna do. It's the house we want, it's the neighborhood we wanna be in. And so what I wanted to show you today, though, is what the difference would be between owning that house and renting that house and what you can do with the difference of the value of the money that you would be putting into that property and doing the opportunity cost and what can you do with that money. So here's a spreadsheet I created to sort of answer the other question, should you rent and should you buy? And by, by the way, I'll go real quick to the answers. You should be renting until you have the opportunity to buy it in cash and it doesn't have more than 10% of your overall net worth. So for example, if that property is $3.8 million, you should have a net worth of $40 million otherwise, and pay for that house in cash. Otherwise, you should never be buying a property. So here's the cost, year one, year two. Why I broke it down? Because year one, you have the biggest expenses, you know, it's land transfer taxes, legal fees, down payments, everything up front on buying a house, okay? So year two is more of a stabilized cost, but it still shows you how much money there is in actually having to run the house, okay? So in year one, I broke it down into the purchase price. So, so they're asking 3.8 million, which is overpriced, which is probably why it's been sitting on the market for so long. Their neighbor just sold for 3.3 million dollars. And it's basically the same house, relatively same age. So I put a value of 3.3 million if I wanted to buy that property. Now, assuming there's a 20% down payment, it's $660,000 that you need as cash as a down payment. Most banks will not allow you to take a loan from somebody else to put as a down payment so that you're 100% financed. Now I do 100% financing on my investment properties, but it's a different topic for a different day and we'll, we'll talk about that. But for a principal residence, you need that money. You need that down payment money, which most people get by selling a previous principal residence, selling it, taking that equity and going into a new home. So which is not 
something I would advise, but that's neither here nor there. Today we're talking about the case study, should you buy or should you rent? And by the way, you should rent. Okay, land transfer tax, $137,000, just to transfer the title from one name to another name. That's upfront cost, $2,500 legal when you're buying property. That's probably low, actually. Most of mine are usually higher than that. But for you, I put in sort of like average numbers here because I'm trying to make this uh, good for everybody who's watching the video. $17,000 a year on property tax on that specific house. Uh, obviously, di different jurisdictions and a lot of things come into it. Uh, but I'm using this as a case study. So this specific house, $17,000 a year. Utility is about $3,000. It's a huge house. Um, so that, that's quite high, but it's, it's uh, probably what you would spend realistically. Uh, insurance is about $2,500 a year. Uh, and your mortgage. So if you, I, I used a, a 3.94, which is a barely normal average mortgage right now in this marketplace. They have slightly come down, but I'm, again, I'm using generalized information and averages to give you an idea of a ballpark of what you would need. So out of pocket year one to buy this property is $989,000 to buy the property, which is to me insanity just to have a place that you can come home and sleep and like have your family there and roof over your head and you know, have some dinner. Like that is insanity because there's nothing you can do with that. The, the, the money is dead equity at that point. Now, beside, let's assume you didn't buy a mortgage on this property and you paid for it in cash. You put three, $3.3 million down. Then year two is more reflective of what the actual cost is to run that property. But in year two, in this example, I, I assumed based on year one, you had a mortgage and a down payment, that year two, your carrying cost on your mortgage, your property taxes, your interest on the mortgage, your utilities, all that upkeep I put is 10,000. Anything goes wrong as an owner of a home, it is on you to fix it. Furnace goes, you gotta fix it. Roof goes, you gotta fix it. Plumbing, electrical, anything goes, it's on you. So it's expensive. So an average cost on this is $198,000 a year just to run the home, just to basically run the home and live there. That's not giving you anything. You gotta go out and work for that money and that's net money. So you gotta make like 400 grand a year just to live in a house like this. Not wise and certainly not a wise choice. Now, I'm aware that this is not an average home, and we're gonna get into what an average home looks like and feels like in the cost based on um, a case study as well, okay? So when it comes to, uh, just a point on mortgaging, if you paid, let's say here, so we took out, yeah, let's take this out. Okay, there we go. So if we took out the mortgage and you paid cash for it, it still costs you $32,000 a year to run a home that you paid $3.3 million for, which is probably low, but that's, that's the number if it would be if you paid cash. So anybody out there saying, oh, I'm gonna pay cash for my home, it's better, I've paid off my mortgage, it doesn't cost you money, it costs you money. This house still costs $32,000 a year. Now I know this is not an average house, and the average house in Toronto right now is uh, 1.1 million, just over $1.1 million. So same example, down payment of 20%, mortgage, land transfer taxes. Oh, I gotta change the land transfer tax there. It's about 34,000, okay. So year one in an average house in Toronto, it's still gonna cost you $324,000 of cash that you may or may not have, or you borrow from your parents, you borrow from a friend, or you get from another property. You need that cash to buy that property on average. The average cost on the same house, just to run the same house every year in Toronto with a mortgage, assuming there's a mortgage, is about $66,000 a year. That means you at a minimum have to be generating uh, $120,000 to $150,000 a year just to pay the bills to own this house. It's crazy, it's insanity to me, but 
to me, it's, it's basic. I've been doing it for so long that I don't understand why no, no one grasps the concept the way I do. So um, hopefully this message gets across to you with numbers and not just me saying, hey, do this. This is what I do. I actually rent. But what I do with the money I save, as opposed to buying a single family home, I buy a multi-residential family, I invest in mortgage, and we flip property on the short term. And when it comes to leasing, the cost of that case study we're talking about, on average, year one is 87,000, year two is 76,000, assuming there's no rent increase. So year one, why it's slightly higher is because you have like, um, uh, there's, there's like insurances and there's like uh, first and last month's rent, but, but they're basically roughly the same every single year. So when it comes to it, 76,000 euros is all you need to rent the same property as, as opposed to paying $198,000. So it's almost a third of what you would pay if you own the property. So what would you do if, and oh, by the way, average leasing, just to give you a quick, about 39,000 a year or 36,000 a year in Toronto is what the average tenant would pay as the rent in Toronto. Now, what could you do with opportunity cost? So I wouldn't tell you not to rent or not to buy if I didn't give you uh, an explanation why, what you can do with the money. So for me, I would never buy a single family home to live in it, not just because of affordability, not just because of um, the, the fact that like the cost is outrageous, but the fact that what you can do with the cash is astronomical compared to what that house is actually gonna do for you over the course of your lifetime. So the first home we looked at the case study when I was gonna, you need about $900,000 to put down as cash. For me, the three basic ones I do, buy rental property, lend money, and doing condo flips. Here's the value. So for 900,000, you can earn $54,000 a year with that money at a 6% return, which is a very low percentage return, by the way, for our properties. But I use that as a small benchmark. Lending properties, 14%, that's also low, but it's about average for a lot of people out there who are doing it. That's $126,000 a year, which by the way, if you go back to the mathematics of it, $78,000 a year to, to rent that same 7,500 square foot property, I'd be making $50,000 a year by living in a house that's twice the size and lending out my money to people. Very safe, very secure. But what I do and what I love doing is condo flipping. 30% return, that's usually done in a very short compressed window and we don't use a lot of money down. So 900,000 goes a long way. We'd ramp that up to probably like 10 to 12 properties at a time with that kind of cash at hand and that's what we're doing. And that's what you need to be doing too. So I'm hoping this message gets across to you. It's not just about, you know, oh, I wanna buy, but like a lot of that comes from paradigms. Your parents, your grandparents say you have to buy a property because most people, that's all their net worth is. They pay for it over long periods of time. And if we didn't get into the interest cost, the interest cost on a mortgage of a $2.5 million mortgage will cost you $5 million in interest over the course of a 30 year amortization. There's nothing positive about home ownership. So, that's my message to you. I hope, I hope you like it. If you have any questions, please follow us at Young Realty Inc. Follow us, go to youngrealty.ca. We love the followers. I love the, the support. Some questions, co comments, I'm here to answer them. Take care.